The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophets, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We have two very contrasting, you could even call them archetypes here. First of all, we have Herod, this elderly king. He's towards the very end of his reign. He's going to die within a few years who has become very powerful, very paranoid, and is clinging to everything that is what he's built his whole career on. He was a career like politician, kind of worked his way through up, uh, up through the, the ranks and was named king by, by Rome uh, over, over this particular area. But, but he did it through cheating, bribing, scandal. He, at one point, he, he dismisses, he, he exiles his wife and one of his sons so he can marry the wife of one of his rivals in order to be able to create some peace there. He ends up also killing several of his own children just to protect them because he's, he's paranoid. He thinks they're going to try to take the throne from him. He's just got this death grip on power, on control. He is not seeking a Messiah. That is the last thing he wants to show up, because that would be the ultimate threat to his, his reign, to his kingdom. And the, the three big things that he just, like I said, just clings to is control, power, and prestige. 
And his whole being is founded and grounded in these things, and it is the most unstable place to be. No wonder you're paranoid, because just the smallest thing could take away your prestige, because who are you? Just a person. With all these, through, you work so hard to, to gain your kingdom through by, by hook and by crook, and you know someone else out there could do that to you. And this, this power that, that he's had is always laid threat by a higher power, by Rome, and he's seeking to appease them. He knows the Jews could revolt at some time, and he's seeking to appease them in different ways, yet keep them under his thumb. It's a very bad place to be when you're Herod. But in contrast to that are the three magi. Now, these, are, these wise men, as we, as we call them, are, would be uh, priests of the Zoroastrian religion, coming from over in Persia, uh, modern-day Iran. Uh, we, we don't know exactly what, what, how did they find out about How did they know that that star means this? We don't know. It could have been that while some of the Jews were in exile, one of the, uh, one of the exiles took a, a whole group to, to Persia. Maybe they studied some of the, the, the scriptures that, are, uh, that hung around for the, the previous 500, 600 years and still maybe some of the Jews there, and they, maybe that's where they got it. Or, or maybe it was some kind of, I mean, who knows? Maybe it was a, a special private revelation that God had given to one of them just to kind of know that, that when this star comes up, it means something super significant. But anyways, they make a long journey to get to Jerusalem because they, they recognize that this king is going to be different than all the other kings that are all around the area. This king is going to be one for all the nations. They, they desire that. They're, they're seeking that in some way. When they come to Jerusalem, it's obviously, well, it's going to be the king. He's in Judea, and, and there's his son is going to be the one, I guess. That's what, that would make perfect sense. Of course, the king himself, who has not had any child recently, he's knocked off a couple of them, he's wondering, who's going to take my throne? And so it's, he's quite disturbed in all of, all of Israel with him because he knows how, they know how the king is going to react under this circumstance. It doesn't bode well when there's a challenger to King Herod. They bring these gifts, these gifts that are the gold designed for, uh, there's symbolism between, behind each one, the gold for, for kingship frankincense for some someone who is divine it's a divine offering that's what we use incense here at the, the mass and the myrrh as you, as you may know is also would be what you would anoint a body with for its burial all these sim pointing towards Christ's divinity his his kingship uh, and also his coming sacrifice they, they may or may not have known that that's but that's what they brought but this long journey that they were on physical journey all the way from it could have, could have been months ends up being only the start of a much more important spiritual journey that they begin on arrival uh, uh, pope benedict uh, of, of happy memory we have a, a very small uh, uh, memorial here just his, his, his image over here his funeral was just this last um, thursday he spoke about this this concept of the the magi's beginning of their pilgrimage starts when they actually finally arrive physically to their, their destination. 
what they find is not what they were expecting. They're, they would expect to see someone who has a lot of control, a lot of power, a lot of prestige. How do you become the king of the nations if you don't have that? There's obviously there are legitimate ways to have power, control, and prestige for when it's put to the common good. That's not what Herod was doing. He was using it for himself. But when they come to Bethlehem and follow this star and, and arrive there, what they see is just completely the opposite of what they're expecting. There's no visible power. There aren't legions of soldiers outside guarding the place. There's no great financial backup here. Little did they know they were bringing the only financial uh, sustenance that this couple would have in their flight to Egypt. There's no prestige there. They're in a cave. They're in, the baby is in a manger. But what they do is so amazing. The, the scripture says it here. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. This would have been quite a spectacle for Mary and Joseph and anyone else of the shepherds who would have been hanging around. These priests from another religion come in and prostrate themselves before this baby. Now the shepherds know what's going on because the angels told them about it. Mary and Joseph do. But still, imagine if we were here in some, I don't know, some Hasidic Jews, some rabbis came in here and prostrated themselves here before the Blessed Sacrament. We would be weirded out by that, right? Or some Muslim, I mean, some imam comes in. It's just that, that that's not an everyday occurrence. But that's what's going on here. And it's, it's a clear sign, too. Christ's coming is for everyone. Everyone, and it doesn't matter the religion they're in, it doesn't matter their background, shepherds, kings, wise men, fools, criminals, everyone. But their journey is now to begin. They're seeing that if we are going to be followers of this, this king with this very different kind of kingdom, we, we need to imitate in that some way. Rather than relying on earthly power, relying on God's assistance. And Pope Benedict, in, uh, in his homily about the, the three wise men, spoke about how when we try to control everything ourselves and, and push God out of it and say, no, no, it's going to be the way I want it, there is a huge burden that falls on your shoulders to try to control absolutely everything that's happening in your life. I mean, not that there isn't a legitimate way to be interacting with and, uh, and directing your own life, but, but when you want to get God out completely, it's just me and it's got to be this way and only this way, it's a heavy, heavy burden to carry. But there's a freedom that comes when taking that responsibility and saying, Lord, this is yours. You just tell me what my part is. There's strength that comes from letting go. There is strength that comes from detachment. This very precarious balance that Herod is trying to do, stand, balancing himself on a thimble almost, compared to Mary and Joseph would have been the most secure couple and just the most peaceful, radiating joy and peace and harmony 
without worry, without, I mean, that worry would come. I, I shouldn't just paint it all, all roses, but, but you t- it's like a totally different picture. And that's something that would change the way that these, these, the Magi would have thought about their own lives. And now, how can I be that? First thing they let go. They they give gifts. They need to be transformed by this, not clinging to the power, prestige, and control. So there's obviously this journey that we too are on, and we have been on. There's a, a longing for meeting Christ the King as a, as a child, as as a savior. And, and there's this, this longing that we have is already because we've met him, because we already know what he's like. And, we, and that desire is, well, I want more of that. Herod hasn't met him, so he doesn't even look for this king. And there's plenty of people that don't look for God at all, or don't look for Christ at all. They don't look for redemption at all. They just want to hang on to it for themselves. They haven't met, they haven't experienced Christ. So our, our own pilgrimage can begin here or continue here as we kneel down and adore the Lord that we're going to be receiving. We open up, give our gifts of ourselves, the sacrifice of our lives. By the way, just as a little aside parenthesis, there's a reason why the offertory and we give money during the mass and not, it's not just a practical thing where, oh yeah, yeah we need to fund this thing. And we got No, no, it's intended to be a sacrifice, a spiritual sacrifice. If, if we were back in the, the Jewish temple, what would you be bringing? You'd be bringing a lamb and slaughtering that, this thing that you're going to sustain your family with or, or sell in order to be out for the wool and then you're giving that up. That's why the offertory happens at the same time we're bringing the gifts forward for for the mass, the bread and the wine, well, short journey, just from the side table, but here. It's a spiritual sacrifice. That's what it's intended to be. That's what the wise men are doing. They're making a sacrifice and offering to God. It would also serve a practical purpose for Mary and Joseph to be able to make it to Egypt and sustain themselves and, and then come back once, once Herod had died, not too much long later. But Maybe for others, it's not so much a financial sacrifice. Maybe there's a letting go of a health situation where it's just entrusting it to God and saying, Lord, this is how I am. And, and I, I wish I was better, and Lord, but Lord, I entrust it to you. Whatever you need, it's letting go of control, letting go of the power over things that I really can't fully control. Other times, it's relationships. That there's some kind of detachment, letting go we need to do and entrusting it to Lord, Lord. You bless this and make this happen the way you want it to happen. Family, friends, spouses, future, future spouses, all those situations. And we adore and we prostrate this Lord who wants to give us every good thing. We just let our hands open up and receive. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.